I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7, joined, as always, by our fearless leader, the managing editor of Horns 24-7, Taylor Estes. Taylor, how you doing? I'm doing great, Chip. How about you? Hey, I'm fired up. We are one month from today. Um, spring football will start. Yes, sir. How about football that? Back in, I mean, let's be honest. Football's always in the air on the flagship podcast, but actual practice is coming our, uh, to all of our way here. That's right. Football season never ends here on the flagship podcast, but sometimes we do have actual football to talk about. <laughs> yeah. We will have 15, 15 spring football practices to uh, talk about, overanalyze, um, you know, that will sustain us until we can get to uh, fall camp. But um, March 22nd, spring football starts and April 23rd is the spring game. So make your plans now. Yeah. Um, you know what, Chip? It's going to be interesting because ever since I've started covering Texas, I've never missed a spring game. Um, even when back in the day when uh, UT Media Relations did not give us more than one press box credential and I bought like basically second degree burns in the sun at one of the spring games. But I'm going to miss this year. It's going to be weird. What? Yeah, I have a wedding in Mexico. So that's I'm in the wedding party and um, this date was set, you know, well, well, well before <laughs> the schedule. But it's funny because last year, you know, Texas had a later spring uh, football game. And uh, this year, you know, I was talking to our boss, Kevin, when I told him like, hey, if if a spring game comes around this weekend, like just as a heads up, I, I won't be in the country. And I was like, but don't worry, like I would be shocked if they had their spring game later like they did last year and literally the wedding is on april 23rd so <laughs> i basically talked that into motion back in july when i told him i wasn't gonna be around so but hey we have plenty of guys to cover so you'll have to pick up the slack for me i think a little bit there yeah i was gonna crack a joke about you have friends who are still getting married but then i got married yeah exactly yeah <laughs> these are the first go around <laughs> so <laughs> yeah a little bit of an right. age gap here but that's yeah. what makes this show good chip that we have uh hey. various a yeah little sum for everybody exactly exactly a little sum for everybody all right we did um get uh some interesting news this week uh with regard to uh, the only punter on the team with any experience has now entered the transfer portal and that is Ryan Buchevsky, who, who did not play at all last year, coming off of a torn ACL, suffered seven games into the 2020 season. And he was replaced by Cameron Dicker, and Cameron Dicker had an all-Big 12, first-team all-Big 12 season as Texas's punter, averaging 46.7 yards per punt. But Cameron Dicker's gone. He's getting ready for the NFL draft. And now Ryan Buchevsky, who played for 30 games, averaged 43.3 yards per punt in 2020 before that torn ACL uh, is, is moving on. So Taylor, Texas will have a first time, I mean, barring transfer, uh, we'll have a first time punter and kicker in 2022 after Cameron Dicker handled those things beautifully uh, last year. So a five and seven team that had special teams as a strength will not know what's going on with its kicking and punting on special teams going into 2022. Yeah, that's not 
ideal situation. I mean, obviously, Texas could add um, somebody from the transfer portal if that does come about. But, um, you know, I know that the former head coach, Tom Herman, used to not really give much credit to kickers and punters. But the reality is they're they're monstrous, especially if you have good ones. And then and especially if you have bad ones. I mean, if you have bad kicking and punting, that can really alter, um, you know, the success or failures of the team and or impacted, I should say. And Texas has been a little bit fortunate in that area for a number of years, dating back to Michael Dixon and, you know, his, especially his Ray Guy award winning season, the first Ray Guy award that Texas football has ever claimed um, in the history of the program and in the history of the award. And he was so clutch. I mean, literally, I'll never forget after that Oklahoma State game in 2017, when Mike Gundy, you know, that game went into overtime and Mike Gundy said in postgame that their punter almost single-handedly beat us. And that's kind of started a trend of Texas having pretty decent punting. I mean, Ryan Buschewski obviously went through some ups and downs early on, but the fact that Cameron Dicker stepped up when Ryan Buschewski was getting much, much better in the, I mean, first of all, starting in the 2019 season, I mean, he had back-to-back, you know, um, seasons where he had injuries and then didn't play at all in 2021. So this is, this is definitely something to watch. And, may go a little under the radar at this point, but it's there's no denying that this is a, a little bit of a hindrance, I would say, for Texas um, just in general. Yeah, you don't notice special teams un- unless they make a mistake. Yeah, or unless but, they are, you know, uh, Michael Dixon that was an MVP of a bowl game. Yeah, unless, <laughs> that never know. happens, like, never. <laughs> right, unless you have phenomenal playmakers on on special teams. But like kicking and punting for the most part, you don't stop and talk about them unless, you know, it's something that's bad that's happening. So you're right. Texas has had it going. I mean, Michael Dixon started this um, relationship that Texas has had with pro kick Australia where they've, you know, pulled Dixon, Buchevsky, and now Isaac Pearson, Isaac Pearson was, you know, according to 24-7 Sports Composite Ranking, uh, the number three punter um, in the uh, uh, 2021 class and uh, the number one punter coming out of Australia. So from what I've heard, Isaac Pearson was more consistent than Ryan Buchevsky last year, which is... Um, Obviously a good sign. Either Isaac Pearson was, you know, that good or Ryan Buchevsky uh, was struggling after his injuries. But, um, you know, Isaac Pearson, come on down, baby. It's uh, it's your turn. Let's see what you got. No pressure. Cameron Dicker averaged 46.7 yards per punt, which is just a shade below um, your buddy Michael Dixon's 47.4 yards per punt, Taylor. So, Look, if you can average 43 point, you know, point anything yards per punt, that's not bad. Yeah. You know, you want to be in the 44, 45 range. Anything above that, you're you're, you know, looking at an all-star year. So uh just something to put in your back pocket. Texas will have a new um, remember they lost Justin Motter, the long snapper, and um, Hudson card, I hear is no longer going to be holding. So Texas will have a new snapper, new holder, new kicker and a new punter. So Jeff Banks, the million dollar man, uh, coaching special teams, he'll get it. He'll get it right. Yeah. You know, that's the benefit of the doubt. I think that he's earned, uh, as a special teams coach in college football. For sure. I mean, that, that's the one positive that you can look at the situation if any coach out there is going to figure out a way to make this work it's him so you know he's a he's elite in what he does we've talked him up plenty of times and um we'll continue to i mean he he has a reputation as one of the best um special teams coaches one of the best recruiters in college football and that that doesn't come lightly you know that's that's why he makes a million dollars as a special teams and tight ends coach um yeah, he, he and Steve Sarkeesian did the in-home visit with Isaiah Nayor. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, 
we'll 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 touch on this real quickly because you know we're all about cross promoting here mm -hmm. uh, at the flagship podcast. And earlier this week, we posted an interview with South Lake Carroll uh, head coach Riley Dodge, who was Quinn Ewers' high school coach at South Lake Carroll, and uh, it's getting a lot of attention. Imagine that a podcast yeah. that uh, discusses Texas's quarterback situation uh, is getting a lot of attention, but it's, you know, it's an, an interview with, again, for those of you who are like, I don't listen to podcasts. Why not? You know, in the old days, they used to listen to the radio, right? Like they used to listen to interviews on the radio. So don't, you know, don't say, Oh, I can't listen to anything. It's nice. It's relaxing. Put it on your phone drive around in your car, you're listening to it and you suddenly you're going to be like, I want more. Right. So anyway, check out our interview with Riley Dodge talking about Quinn Ewers. Cause there's stuff in there. You probably haven't heard about Quinn Ewers. Um, and we'll just touch on this, uh, Taylor. Cause I thought this grabbed both of our attention. Uh, when Riley Dodge talks about how Quinn Ewers, you know, abruptly had, double hernia surgery right in the middle of his junior football season where he missed eight games, but rehabbed from double hernia surgery up in Philadelphia with the, you know, the guru of hernia surgeries and, and then did everything in his power to get back and made it back to, to play in the playoffs for South Lake Carroll when they upset Number five, Duncanville, and reached the state championship game against Austin Westlake. It, that game proved to be his last uh, start as a quarterback. Um, but Riley Dodge talks about the toughness, the willingness to to do what it took to to be back on the field for his team. You you'll hear in there where Riley says we were probably a year away that year when he talks about twenty twenty. Because South Lake Carroll was like ranked 21st when they upset Duncanville at number five and then lost to number one Westlake. But, and obviously Riley Dodge would have loved to have had Quinn Ewers in 2021 when Ewers would have been a senior at South Lake Carroll. Of course, he, you know, and ended up uh, reclassifying, uh, graduating early, going to Ohio State. But Taylor, I thought, you know, when Riley Dodge says for Texas fans, you know, they want to know they're getting a tough quarterback. He said, Quinn Ewers is as tough as they come. Yeah. And he, he went, you know, talked at length about Quinn Ewers and how impressed he was with him, you know, being able to rehab. He, he said, and I quote that Quinn quote, rehab the crap out of his hips and found a way to get back. And then he said, I think a lot of kids probably would not have come back. They probably would have hung it up and say, you know, it is what it is. I'll try to find a way to get back next year. But that was not what Quinn Ewers did. He battled. He at one point, he, you know, uh, Riley Dodge said that he wasn't even fully cleared to play. And Quinn Ewers was not going to not play in, um, you know, games, especially with his, you know, team and in, in contention for a state title run. And and that that speaks volumes, Chip, in my opinion. I mean, it, it was interesting to hear him say, you know, about everything that Quinn Ewers went through, you know, the struggles um, but the fact that he is that type of teammate, I think a lot of people don't necessarily know that about Quinn Ewers yet. I think there's been, we've talked a, a number of times on the flagship podcast about how there's, there's this persona almost around Quinn Ewers of him, you know, because he was such a generational type of recruit and situation coming out of South Lake Carroll, reclassifying early, going to Ohio state, making a lot of money in NIL. I feel like there's almost, you know, there's a little bit of a negative persona at, at some point, like, oh, this kid, all, all he cares about is the money. But if you listen to what Riley Dodge had to say about Quinn Ewers, that is absolutely not the case. And if we're going to listen to anybody, especially at this point, maybe we should listen to the coach, the last coach who truly did coach him. I mean, obviously, Quinn Ewers was coached at Ohio State, but came in late, didn't have the full, you know, didn't go through spring, didn't go through a normal summer, you know, enrolled in August in Ohio State. So, Sure, they may have quote unquote coached him, but this is the guy that knows him, knows his family, knows everything about Quinn Ewers. And I was really impressed. Um, you know, it's it's usually a good interview when we turn off the record and 
you know, our guest leaves and then Chip and I, you know, I pop on the screen and we just talk and Chip's first thought is, man, that could have been fantastic for the insider. <laughs> and so, which is our weekly, you know, insider notes package over at Horns 24 seven. And that's how good this interview was. I think it really shows what Quinn Ewers is both on and off the field. And we'll give Texas fans not just a, you know, hyped version of him, but an actual factual version of who he is from somebody who knows him best as a player. Yeah. And talks about how he pretty much just loves to fish and hunt and play football. And yeah. uh, he's a cool customer. Doesn't get too high. Doesn't get too low. He's not the fire breathing dragon. In fact, Riley Dodge talked about how there were times he wanted him to be, you know, this fire breathing dragon, but um, you know, that's not who Quinn Ewers is. He's just, chill you know some yeah and we've seen quarterbacks like that i think bryce young at alabama is like that just completely unflappable no matter what the circumstances are because they have so much confidence in their ability aaron Rodgers is that way now yeah. we're not gonna start throwing you know first time starters in college but you know not make that comparison but again certain quarterbacks have that joe burrow have that demeanor where Nothing's going to phase him. So, and, that, and that's what Riley, he said, he's like, there's parts of Quinn that reminds him of Joe Burrow, just kind of that cool, the cool, like ice, you know? And, and, and um, I thought it was funny. Riley said, you know, there were times where he had to check himself. Cause he's like, am I, am I getting like too over the line here? Because Quinn was so, you know, just even keeled and so just smooth when it came to, you know, the adversity type of situations on the field that he as a coach had to wonder if maybe he was being too intense <laughs> because his quarterback wasn't. And, uh, you know, but ultimately chip, you know, you want to, you want a guy that's, that can be as good as they come both on the practice field and when the lights turn on and in crunch time. And I thought it was very important that he said, you know, one of the prerequisites that you want in a quarterback is a guy that's tough. And that's what Quinn Ewers is. And, you know, um, toughness is not just a physical thing. I mean, toughness is a mental thing. And, you know, hearing just all about that, his demeanor, how, how you know, much he rehabbed to get back to help his team. That's a tough guy, in my opinion, mentally and physically. And uh, that's, can you ask for more? You know, oh, and then he called him a generational arm strength talent too. So right. <laughs> that's, right. yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot. Chip did a fantastic job interviewing Riley Dodge and Riley nailed it. I mean, it, it was, it's not hype. You know, he has no reason to sit there and uh, promote a kid. If he didn't believe in him, he has no reason to sit there and bash a kid. If he didn't, if he didn't believe in him, he just told it like it was. And if you haven't listened, absolutely go back and listen to Monday's episode of the flagship podcast. Yeah. Listen to Taylor. Go yeah, listen. <laughs> Come on. I always tell Chip and all of the guys that work at 24 seven, like, just listen to me guys. I'm always right. Just so listen to Taylor. <laughs> All right. Okay. I so wrong. I won't steer you wrong. I'll tell you so that. that. We just gave you a little bit, but go listen to the full interview and then tell all your friends and remember where you heard it first. All right. So uh, basketball, good news and bad news. Good news. The Texas women are rolling um, and fans need to go out and support that women's team. It's embarrassing, but um the exact opposite happened for the Texas men. Uh, too many people showed up to support that game, but they were wearing red and black uh, as Texas Tech uh, spoiled Texas's uh, attempt to split with the Red Raiders this season. And uh, Texas Tech fans did a great job of buying up those tickets and they were there. I said that the lower bowl was predominantly burnt orange, but the upper deck was more than 50% red and black to the point, Taylor, where, you know, they showed a picture of Chris Beard on the Jumbotron with seven minutes left in the game, and they had to pull it down because there were so many boos mm -hmm. in Texas's own arena. Now, the good news is, Texas fans, that's what it's going to take to become the kind of, you know, basketball. Uh, home court advantage that Chris Beard built at Texas Tech. It's insane what what he built out there. And I get, well, we have more things to do in Austin. It doesn't matter. They don't. Do care. you want to become USC? That's all I'm going to say. Do you want to become USC? Right. No, you don't. 
Right. So get on board. <laughs> and it's kind of pitiful that, um, you know, what happened happened, but good wake up call mm -hmm. because you can get mad at the ticket office or whoever you want to get mad at. How about looking at the fact that your coach built that at Texas tech? Yeah. I covered tech in the nineties. It was a ghost town. Basketball has not been important in Lubbock until Chris Beard made it important and he made it important to the students and he's doing a really good job of it here at Texas that that student section, which is going to be right around the court next year at the Moody center, uh, is, is growing and they're going to be, they're going to be there for him because he has done everything at every turn to reach out to the students to the point where I would probably say the same to Vic Schaefer as good as Vic is and his team's having, you know, quote unquote, a better season than Chris Beard's right now, higher in the standings, whatever, better record. Vic's going to have to, you know, reach out to the students too. And because Texas fans have to be courted, they have to be made to feel special. They have to, you know, and, and look, you want to build that relationship with your coach, with your team. Mac Brown had to tell Texas fans, you know, come early, be loud, stay late wear orange and they did mm -hmm. they liked mac brown and you know i don't know what it is but it, it but it matters it does matter chris beard went overtime to build that relationship with the students at texas tech and now their home games are bananas and and their women even average are averaging double what um and well not double but more than what texas is getting and texas Tech's women's basketball team is in the dumps so it, it's fascinating. Now, to the game, Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen. I mean, Timmy Allen, leading scorer on the team. Marcus Carr, second leading scorer on the team. For, you know, 30 of the 40 minutes, they both had zeros for points. And Marcus Carr finished with zero points. No free throw attempts. And yes, he and Timmy Allen were the focus of Texas Tech's defensive game plan. That can't happen. Like, if you think you're an NBA player, you've got to be able to get your own shot. You've got to be able to affect the game in other ways. You've got to get to the free throw line. And, you know, that just, wow. I mean, zero points. This is a guy who's averaging double digit, you know, points and, you know, no free throw attempts. Again, Andrew Jones is the guy who can, seemingly make everything happen when he wants to make it happen, whether he wants to get in the paint, whether he wants to shoot threes, get to the free throw line. He did it all again. And Marcus Carr had one of, you know, and then, and then Chris Beard says uh, today we're recording on Tuesday. Chris Beard says, well, the good news is all of that stuff with Marcus Carr was mostly self-inflicted. So it's correctable and he can fix it. There are four games left in the regular season. Um, you know, that on your home floor, that cannot happen. That no, cannot happen. No, not at all. Especially from, and I mean, like, as you mentioned, Timmy Allen too. I mean, he had what he ended with three points total. Yeah. He, well, he ended up oh, with, I'm sorry, six. Yeah. Six. He ended up with six and he, he did make some plays late. I mean, Texas was down one with a minute 36 left. They were absolutely back in this game. Uh, but they don't score for the final minute 36, get outscored five zip. And, that's when Timmy Allen and Marcus Carr have to take over. They have to take over the game. They have to make sure that the ball is in their hands. You know, they're the they're the guys who've got the most experience. Um, but unfortunately, Taylor, they came from not successful programs. They were great players on Noxus, not successful programs, and they still have to uh, get what it takes to finish out a game against top end talent and top end teams. So it just, you, you thought it would have happened before now you thought, and, and look, Marcus Carr has shown up in, in, in big ways and big games. He scored 15 straight points against K state uh, at home earlier this year. He can do it. It's the consistency. And that's, you know, because Chris Beard said it again today. He said, I, I think we're one of the, you know, he said, I think there are a handful of teams who can win six games to win the NCAA tournament. And I think we're one of them. Hmm. And, you know, he's trying to manifest this thing and talk it into existence because at different times he's seen his guys flash and maybe look like, 
you know, if they could pull it all together, they might be, you know, a really tough out because they play such good defense and scrap and hustle. But man, your point guard is such a critical, it's your quarterback of the team, that, that player, we know TJ Ford, what he meant to this program. And if Marcus Carr is your point guard, that, that score line can never happen at this point in the season or ever again. It should never happen to begin with, especially from a player who, yeah, he was a great player on a not so great team. That makes it even more glaring of an issue to me, Chip, because he had to be a great player on a not so great team and he stepped up and then now he's not. And it's like that. I mean, you know, I, 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 I would be shocked if he's not taking accountability for it at all, but yeah. Like, and he apologized after the yeah. game. Yeah. And, and, and rightfully so, you know, and um, everybody can have a bad game. But a bad game, in my opinion, should be like four points scored, you know, like something like that. But well, especially right. in against that team, yeah, who yeah. embarrassed you in Lubbock on your on your home floor, where their fans are are embarrassing back. you. Yeah, they're embarrassing right. you at home. And Where's that's, the yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take over this arena and shut these people down. You exactly. Know? There was one point I I don't remember exactly when it was because I was watching it from like at home, like the you know, on TV where you were at the arena. So I'm not sure if you remember this, but there was one point, I think it may have been Andrew, Andrew Jones, maybe somebody threw an air ball and you could hear the air ball chants on the broadcast. And it was a Texas player that <laughs> missed it and that airballed a shot. And that's how loud the Texas tech fans are. And it's like, if you can't take pride in defending your home court, especially like that, that just can never happen again. You're right. Like there it's inexcusable in my opinion. And, um, you know, I think Marcus Carr is going to learn a, a tough or have be served a tough dose of reality after that, because that should never happen ever again. It should never happen. It should never happen in the first place to begin with. Well, and, you know, they've had, um, you know, cars had good games. That was that was not one of them. Timmy Allen, same. And Dylan DeZue, you know, we've got to figure out what's going on with Dylan DeZue because Trey Mitchell, um, the you know, talented, uh, junior, a big man who is away from the team, uh, for personal reasons. And I'm not sure he's coming back Taylor. Um, now Dylan DeZue and Christian Bishop are your two big men. Christian Bishop's playing great, but Dylan DeZue has got to get to his level. I mean, Dylan DeZue has got to be able to come in and make sure there's no drop off when Christian Bishop comes out of the game. And, you know, I looked at it the last six games, he's averaging um, 1.5 points, 1.5 rebounds per game and eight minutes of game action. I mean, and he's shooting 23.1%. This is a six, nine, you know, power forward who should be getting most of his field goals on dunks and putbacks and he's shooting 23%, 3 of 13 the last 6 games. This has got to change or Texas is not going to be doing anything in yeah. in March. Yeah, they they may not that streak of not winning um an NCAA don't say game. It. Okay. I don't want to jinx. <laughs> end it. End it Texas basketball. Right. Just finish it with right. that. <laughs> make sure you end it. Just make sure you win a game in the NCAA tournament. Um, by the way, there are two games left, two home games left in the Irwin Center. Think about that. And then they're going to blow that place up. Crazy. And the Moody Center, the $388 million Moody Center will open for concerts like in April, but uh, for basketball next season. And, you know, the it'll be a 10,000-seat arena, 2,000 seats for students right around the court. Um It'll be a whole new atmosphere and a premium um, seat, if you will. Is that what it's going to take for Texas fans to, you know, just unconditionally support uh, these two basketball programs who are now in really good hands uh, with their, with the coaches who've been hired. Um, but two more games, you've got TCU at home and then Baylor on Monday for big Monday. So uh, they've announced Baylor as a sellout. So, um, and by the way, Baylor fans were buying up tickets in the upper deck. And Texas I think they fans just like taught everybody like, Hey, this is how you take over the Irwin center. And it's a wake up call. It should be. I get it. I get it. 
I was I wasn't excited about Shaka Smart basketball and Texas fans are off their game. They're they're they've let their guard down and now it's a wake up call that oh, I'm a part of this. I'm a part of the team's success, like how loud I am and what kind of atmosphere I'm providing. Oh. You know, anyway. Come early, be loud, stay late, wear orange, right? There you go. <laughs> Pretty simple. All right. Um women's hoops we mentioned. Baseball. Uh, we got to mention Texas. Baseball. We got to get to baseball. Yeah. Because I, mean, yeah. I don't know if you can have a better opening weekend than Texas had against Rice. Now, this is not Wayne Graham's Rice. This is Rice coming off three horrible seasons under Matt Braga. They went 23-29-1 last year. And now Jose Cruz is here to try to put it back together. Jose Cruz, who played for Wayne Graham in his first uh, season as the head coach in 1992, um, you know, and then played forever in the big leagues. And, um, you know, it was like the number three overall pick in the 95 MLB draft play, you know, now he's back to try and help save his alma mater, Texas, clearly the better team, but Taylor, my gosh, uh, the first two pitchers, starting pitchers, Pete Hansen, Tristan Stevens go six scoreless innings. Zero and then, ERA, both of them right now. <laughs> yeah, they leave the game with football-type scores so they can start getting in other players, other pitchers, like Andre Duplantier, who came in for one inning and like mowed everybody down. Well, everybody struck out two and got a ground ball. But, I mean, this team, I'll wait until we you know see them against tougher competition, but this is a confident baseball team. Yeah, it is. And, you know, obviously the rice, this year's rice team and recent history of rice has not been up to the standard, I would say of rice baseball, but it's still a program in my opinion, Chip. It's kind of like the Cal state Fullerton's out there. You know, they're kind of a, a, a school that's not known for very many of their sports, but what you do know them for is baseball and rice has been that consistently. So I still, even though it may be a little bit on the downward trend in the last recent, you know, recent history, I still think that this is this is a solid opening, you know, series or opening weekend um, series win because I mean it's not just that they you know won like one to nothing or three to four or anything. I mean Texas outscored Rice thirty six to three in three games, and the 36. fact that six thirty six to three, and the fact that their Friday starter and their Saturday starter left both pitched six innings did not give up an earned run. Their Sunday starter gave up one earned run. So Tanner Witt is, has 1.8 ERA right now. I mean, you can't ask for much better baseball. Um, and obviously it's, it's, it's easy to say that after that dominant of a performance, but if this is the sign, this is the reason why Texas is the preseason consensus number one overall team. Cause I mean, this is, this is a talented, talented roster that David Pierce has built up and, and quite frankly, I mean, you have to think back. There have been a number of recruits that David Pierce had committed to Texas baseball that ended up never coming because out of high school, they were, you know, top end draft picks. And so the fact that he's been able to kind of um, ride that wave, too, because it's always it's always a challenge when you're a baseball coach. If you're dealing with kids out of high school that end up being, you know, top 10 round picks or something like that, a lot of times they'll go. Um, you know, my dad would tell any you know baseball player out of high school, if you're not top five rounds go to college because if you're good enough to be drafted out of high school top five rounds or you know it's say like 10 or something you could turn that 10 round into a one or two round after like three years of playing baseball at the college level so but the fact that texas has been able to kind of ride that wave you know have the pitching rotation the staff come back um this year i mean this is this is an exciting time for texas baseball and um, this may be a, I mean, for the first time, you and I both have season credentials covering baseball. Not that we've never done that before. Usually it's just been one beat writer for us has been able to do the job. And now it's like, no, I think we need to promote this Texas baseball team because I think they may be the real deal this year if they continue this, especially. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, Jeff Howe and I are usually season credentials. Taylor's in. I've never and... been a season credential baseball holder. I'll say that. <laughs> well, I thought, um, you know, David Pierce, who compared Pete Hansen to a young Andy Pettit, let that sink in for a second, um, said, I said, who's going to surprise this season? Give me a player. You said last year, Ivan Melendez would be one of the best hitters in the country. He was, I said, give us your bold prediction. 
And he said, Silas Ardwan's going to hit a lot better than he did last year. Silas Ardwan, the catcher, batted 239 last year, got off to a really slow start. His first at bat of the season, home run. <laughs> Double, single. I mean, in his first game of the year, he almost hit for the cycle and went, you know, ended up going four for eight. Uh, leads the team in hitting right now. Um, so David Pierce, I got to give it to him. He has a pretty good handle on his team. And as impressive as all those 36 runs getting scored uh, is, they also showed really good plate discipline. They drew 28 walks mm -hmm. during that series. Now, again, you can say, oh, my God, Rice pitching is terrible. It, it, you know, Texas is a confident team right now. We'll see how it translates. But. You know, Texas fans are usually grumbling about, oh, we can't hit. We can't hit. Hey, Troy Tulowitzki is working with these guys on the hitting, and they look like a confident team at the plate. So um, good start for Texas baseball. All right, Taylor, you ready for some love it or leave it? I am, Chip. Before we get to love it or leave it, we're going to take a really quick break, but stick around. We will have more football talk in love it or leave it next. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Chip, you ready for some love it or leave it? Let's do it. All righty. I'm going to start off with some football for you. Love it or leave it on a scale of one to 10 in terms of level of concern. The Longhorns kicking and punting going into next season is a six. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to love this. Heck, it might even be six and a half, seven. Um, you know, special teams is such a big part of the entire equation. There's a reason they say the three phases of football. Um, and as we talked about earlier, Texas hasn't really had to worry about if they have a kicker who can hit a last second field goal to win a game because Cameron Dicker had three, you know, game winning field goals, um, two of them on the last play of the game. And, you know, last year, 15 of 18, he didn't have any last second situations, but they just didn't worry about it. And then the punting was, sensational last year and if those things start to break down they demoralize a team if if your punter shanks one and gives up you know field position it starts to erode at the confidence of the team and and so look texas these coaches are smart they recruit will stone isaac pearson these are guys who Texas deemed good enough to come in and get it done. So we, you know, you got to wait and see how they handle it. But yeah, it's a concern because again, this was a five and seven team that performed really well in the kicking and punting uh, portion of special teams. So um, yeah, it's a concern. It's an unknown. What do you think, Taylor? I agree. I think um, I have to love it. Um, and, and you're right, because 
you know, as we mentioned earlier in the show, usually when you're talking about special teams, it's special team errors or a situation like, you know, with Michael Dixon being named the um, Texas Bowl MVP <laughs> against <laughs> uh, Missouri back in 2017. Those are the times that we're talking about special teams. But more times than not, it's not a positive side. It's usually the, oh, man, if, if only they would have made that field goal. If only they didn't miss that extra kick. If only they didn't have that block kick. You know, I mean, those are usually the type of things that where people are, are mentioning special teams and the kicking and punting game. And so, you know, I think Texas, this is definitely a concern. I wouldn't say it's a level, you know, uh, one concern right now per se. I think that there's a you can usually find specialists that – are capable and you know Texas has um, Isaac Pearson. Then we you know they'll be bringing in um, Wilson as you mentioned the two scholarship you know punter kicker duo there. But yeah, I think that um, with the consistency that Texas has had at, at the you know on special teams in recent history, I think this makes it probably a little bit a little a little more of a concern among Texas fans, or it should be just because they haven't had to worry too much about that in you know recent years. Yeah. All right, love it or leave it, number two. My second, let's go to some basketball here. Love it or leave it, Texas fans will never support basketball the way Texas Tech, excuse me, the way that Texas Tech fans do. I mean, right now, I want to love this because what we saw last Saturday was light years difference from where uh, the Tech basketball fan base is um, as compared to the Texas basketball fan base. But Chris Beard is on a mission, so I'm not going to love this. Okay, I'm going to leave it, and I'm going to see if Texas fans will come around because they've come around at various times. Um, they liked watching Tom Pender's teams go up and down the floor. Chris Beard's team plays, um, you know, they play really tough defense, but you know, winning is nice. Yeah. And, and when the coach who's taken a team to the national championship game and is pleading with the fan base to get on board and they have, I think they have a record, you know, for season tickets this year, but it's more than that. It's going to take more than that. And, and so I'll leave this one open for the moment. Um, but man, last Saturday, it sure felt like Texas basketball fans were never going to support um, their program the way, you know, Texas Tech does. But Chris Beard is the reason that Texas Tech supports their basketball program the way it does. So Texas fans should just be jumping in line to support this guy, in my opinion. Uh, Taylor, what do you think? I mean, honestly, and I know this is not going to go over well for Texas fans, but I'm, I'm going to have to love this, Chip, because even if Chris Beard were to, you know, totally revamp, totally get the buy-in from Texas fans to not just buy season tickets, but actually go to the games for the <laughs> season tickets that you purchase. And, and get there early instead yes. of, you know, six minutes into the game. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think that that's great and all, but until I see it, I, I can't, I can't leave this. I have to love it. And I just don't see at this point in, in my experience in covering Texas, my experience being, you know, a former student at the university of Texas, I just, it's going to be very difficult for me to ever envision a situation where Texas fans are going to go to the lengths that Texas tech fans went to, to try to buy out seats for an away game in an arena just to try to take over the home court advantage for basketball. I just don't see that coming because I just have never seen Texas basketball fans really do that. So because of that, I'm going to love this and say that, you know, they, they may never support basketball the way that Texas tech fans do. Now I do agree with you though. I think if there's a coach that's going to do everything in his, his powers to, prove me wrong, it's going to be Chris Beard, 100%. And and I hope that they do because, I mean, you know, these – college athletics is awesome. Like it's – so, in my opinion, I just love college sports so much better than professional sports. It's just there's so much more times than not, so much more passion. Um, engagement and passion, the fans, the rivalries, all of that is what I love about college athletics. And 
you know, I think that I think that Chris Beard is the type of coach that can bring that fire out in Texas fans. And that's a good thing to have. But until I see it, I, I have to say that there's there's no chance in my mind right now on February 22nd, 2022, that Texas basketball and their fans will ever support the program as much as Texas tech fans do. Yeah. All right. Love it or leave it. Number three. All right. We're going to move to some softball talk here, Chip. Love it or leave it. It's too early in the season to be concerned about Texas softball losing all five games at the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational last weekend. Ah. Uh. Now I'm gonna love. I'm, I'm gonna now I'm gonna leave this. I, I here's why. And and Mike White, who's as good as there is as a softball coach, um, and Texas started the season number nine. They lost a game uh, in you know early in the season, and then they were eleventh going into this, uh, and they lose to you know Florida State and Auburn. And UCLA, who was number three, um, and then you know lose to Notre Dame and Central Florida. Central Florida was ranked um, like twenty fourth, uh, and Texas led in that game, um, big. And then the pitching is what bothers me right now about Texas softball. You know they bring in Haley uh, Dolcini from Fresno State. They proclaim her their number one pitcher. Um, she did not pitch like a number one pitcher in this St. Pete elite, uh, invitational. In fact, the best pitcher was freshman Sophia Simpson, which is great news. But, um, you know, Shay O'Leary, who's got experience has been in some big games. She has a 10.00 ERA right now. Like I, I close, I watch through my fingers when Shay O'Leary goes out to the mound and I, I'm not trying to be a jerk. You just yeah, yeah. like, she doesn't have it. She doesn't have it right now. So she's got to work through some things, get her confidence back. Um, and so, yeah, there is a little concern because that was a perceived strength. And anytime a perceived strength turns into a weakness and you lose five games in a row in one weekend, that's gonna, that's gonna kind of hit you, uh, confidence wise. So, you know, it's a concern. It's not, it's not the end of the world and Mike white has plenty of time to get this thing right. And you go play great teams in this elite invitational to find out where your holes are. So, you know, but I am going to leave that cause I am a little concerned about the pitching Taylor. Okay. What about you? You know, I agree with what you're saying. I think it's, I just think it's too early right now. Um, if this continues, obviously I'm going to change my tune, but you know, I, I think it's it's hard that you go back to, you know, last season with Texas baseball, for instance, when they were swept in that Houston, um, you know, baseball classic, and then they turn it around. And and the they Globe Life Classic up in uh, in Arlington. Yeah, and they played, you know, they played a number of ranked teams in that tournament that they had, and they, they got, yeah, they, they did. And it was a wake-up call for, I think, Texas baseball. And so I think if you're a Texas fan, Texas softball fan right now, you hope that this is a wake up call for the team that, oh my goodness, like we, we had some, you know, hype going into the season and then we get embarrassed, you know, in five straight games against ranked opponents. And some of those ranked opponents were ranked lower than Texas. You know, you hope that at this point they, they take the loss as a fuel to fuel their fire for the rest of the season. So I'm going to give them a, the benefit of the doubt. I think that Mike White's a really good coach. I think that if there's a coach that's going to get the best out of these players, it's him. Um, he was hired at Texas for a reason. I think, you know, let's let's see him go to work with this team. It's definitely a concern, but I'm going to have to love it in saying it's too early in the season to be, you know, thinking that this is the way that the season is going to end. And I could be totally wrong. I mean, they they may not be as good. They may have been overhyped all year. I don't, I, we don't know at this point. And I think that's where I can't say that I'm like, just, oh, this is the end of the world for Texas softball. I think let's let us let this play out a little bit longer before I make that. So I'm going to have to love this one. Sure makes you appreciate Kat Osterman. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I mean when you have a, how many, how many Olympics did she play in and uh, how many gold medals did she yeah. win? I mean, I mean, unbelievable. 
Yeah. Uh, she like pitched every game too. It was like, I mean, and they were all complete. Yeah. She's yeah, older than she, me and she just retired. Right. <laughs> so. well, she came out of retirement for the Olympics at 38. Yeah. And, uh, and now is back retired. But yeah, I was gonna say, I think she's at least five years older than me or something like man. that. So yeah. If you have one or two elite pitchers in softball, you can dominate. Oh yeah. You can dominate the country. I mean, mm -hmm. If you have one or two elite pitchers, if you um, have two, you're probably yeah. dominating. <laughs> like, yeah. not like you can. You probably are more than likely you are. If you have two, if you have one, you definitely probably can for sure. Yeah, no That's doubt. The the positive way too. When they had some. All right. Well, again, thirty days from uh, the start of spring football. Football season never ends here on the flagship podcast. And don't forget to check out our flagship podcast interview with Riley Dodge, the head coach at South Lake Carroll, who coached Quinn Ewers for all the inside intel from uh, Riley Dodge about what it was like having Quinn Ewers as the quarterback of that South Lake Carroll team. Make sure you check that out. And thanks so much for listening today. I mean, come on. We got a lot going on right now. We got the overlap, the massive overlap going on with, with basketball, baseball, soon spring football so we'll have it we'll be here for you don't you worry so thanks again for listening for taylor estes i'm chip brown uh we'll see you over at horns 24 7 until the next flagship podcast airs until then stay safe and keep the faith okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.